Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. Welcome to Dish of the Day with Eartha Kitten and Delta Van Dam. Today we'll be serving up a big plate of hot takes on whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And today we're talking about bisexuality and polyamory. Yeah, the episode is called It Takes Two or More. Question mark? Uh Exclamation point? Pizza Hut? Taco Taco Bell? Bell? So we're sitting here in our onesies. Yep. Our ultimate comfort. Comfort, confidence onesies. Yes. And let's start off with comfort food. What's your ultimate, ultimate comfort food? I know we answered it in the last one, mm-hmm. but what is your like pinnacle? If I was sitting down to like, what meal could I sit down and just like, probably, honestly, Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. Like every time I eat it, I'm like, I just want to crawl in this and live in there. Specifically, uh, a um, lamb kebab, not lamb kebab, a lamb shawarma platter from Pita Cafe mm. with the bread that they have and like a tub of their garlic sauce. Yes. That's, yeah. I haven't had that in a while, but usually when I know that I'm about to eat that, I'm like, well, you're not going to leave the couch for quite some time. It's just something about it's rice and lamb and a garlicky paste that I'm obsessed with and could eat just that on its own. That garlic paste is from another dimension. Yeah. Yeah, and it sends my digestive system into another dimension. That's (laughs) the fun of getting old. Woohoo! There's food you can't eat, and we ignore it. Well, there's food you can eat, but it better be on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. No plans. Mm -mm, No work, nothing, Mm because you are in for some uncomfortability. Yeah. But in a onesie. Okay. I think my ultimate comfort meal is wings of any type. Mm. Like wings and fries with Mm. ranch. And again, digestive system. Fuck it. But there's just something about buffalo sauce. Yeah. It's kind of like those comfort meals are the ones where you just go in. It's almost like that third drink that you know is going to be like... This is gonna, gonna be bad. End. This is gonna end terribly, <laughs> but you know what? I feel good. It's like almost like the the narcissistic comfort meal. Exactly. It's like I don't care about anybody but myself right now. It's like I'm having a bad day. I don't give a fuck about no one else. I'm mm-hmm. eating wings. It's period. past like self care and it's past like indulging. It's just like fuck this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I die, I'm going out with this meal. Yep. Mm-hmm. This will be the last thing I eat and it will be wonderful. Yeah. Because you can't mess up. Well, you can mess up wings. People have messed up wings, like for sure. Which is like, how do if you mess up? you're getting wings from the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Do not get wings from the combination <laughs> Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Nope. It might seem like the ultimate bisexual choice, but it's just bad. No. <laughs> I feel like the ultimate bisexual choice when it comes to like wings is that like boneless and traditional combo Just that, that yeah. B-dubs has where it's like you can have boneless, you can have traditional, you can have fries, you can have vegetables. It's all like they're all in one category. It's like you can pick from these. Here's a nice little twelve ninety nine platter for you. It's probably more now. I haven't had that in a while, but... I love B-dubs. It's like, why do I like this place? Definitely, yeah. B-dubs is definitely like a guilty pleasure, but it is also a thing where I know I'm going in there and I'm like, I'm not going in here for quality food. I'm going in here because I feel like shit. Yep. And I just, why not feel worse? I just want beer and wings. The last time I went, well, not inside of B-dubs, but one specific time I went inside of B-dubs was after... One of my, I was going through my uh, hookup phase mm-hmm. and date went terribly. Oh no. And that that was kind of how I would redeem that is that, and I don't know why I'm calling them dates. They weren't dates at all. They were just like the, the hookup went terribly. Mm-hmm. And that would be like my thing. I'm like, we're not going to end this way. We're going to go get good food and like make something of this, this night out. And so I went to B-dubs and <laughs> I forgot that it was Thursday. Mm. So like some B-dubs would do the thing where you order enough and you get a second helping. 
I didn't finish all of them, but definitely she came back with that second one. I was like, we're gonna see what damage we do. The worst part was that I was there alone, like texting my friend, like, I can't believe this happened. Oh, and I had one too many angry orchards and I was like, well, I guess we sit here. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> we just sit here and wait because I cannot Uber home. I am in a place where my car will get towed if I leave it here overnight. So you never know where you're going to be until you're sobering up in a B-dubs. Yeah, I thought the B-dubs would coat my stomach enough, but then I also hadn't ate like that night because I was trying to prep for the hookup mm -hmm. and then it was like well that was fucking not worth it at all so beat-ups the point is eat the food before you hook up and if you don't eat the food go ball out of control at beat-ups mm -hmm. on a thursday best way to go when it's not covid that is bisexual like day one orientation i feel like <laughs> you have to be comfortable with b-dubs i know it's a sports bar it's like you, or any like casual you have to have a casual dining place mm -hmm. that's like you're like i i know i shouldn't eat here but i'm gonna but i like to yeah i feel yeah i yeah there's so many like trash restaurants that i'm just like i know i don't really like in my heart of hearts don't want to eat here but i'm gonna mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel that i'm i'm obsessed with trash restaurants much much like trash movies yeah she's like i like it's like junk food <laughs> sometimes there's 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 a, a comfortability in um like knowing what you're getting into mm -hmm. like sometimes trying a new place can be too like too much if i don't like it then i then i thought i was and especially now with like the way that like gastro pubs keep popping up it's not a cheap night out mm -hmm. when you can go out um, like restaurants aren't cheap and so when you know that you can go to beat ups and spend like upwards of $20 but get exactly what you signed up for and fill the fuck up on yeah. everything yeah yes. we are not sponsored by beat ups by the way I wish we were I don't know let's we have to see if they have like good company practices you have to talk to like employees ex-employees of beat ups to be like were you treated like a decent human being or were you treated B dubs, <laughs> writing onboarding interview. Mm -hmm. Are you the right fit for dish of the day? Yep, I like it. That's anyone who thinks they want to sponsor us. Just know we're going to have questions, and the first question is going to be, "Can we talk to your employees?" I don't want to talk to you. I then we're not going to talk to you. I yeah. want to talk to the people. Now, if you own your own business and you're your employee, then I will say, well, I want to talk to your pets. <laughs> and if your pets have many bad things to say, well, guess what? Mm -hmm. Now, if you own your own business, you don't have pets, and you don't have someone that can back you up. Then we'll talk to you. Then it's just, I guess we have to talk to yeah. you. But don't be shitty. We won't be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just come in in sunglasses and be like, well, just so you know, you're already off to a bad start because why are you such a loner with this business? Is it front? <laughs> is this a crime front? Is this money laundering? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Can we see the entire layout of the building or no? Depending on the crime, we might be okay with it, but who knows? Who knows? We'll see. So now that we've got the bisexual onboarding process going <laughs> for B dubs, for B dubs, how did you know that you were not straight? This is a very, this is going to be a very, like, meta-type answer. Mm -hmm. So, Aaliyah, rest in peace, has this music video for the last, like, single that she put out called Rock the Boat. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like, that traveling to shoot that music video and trying to get back is what eventually led to her death. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, the music video still came out. It still exists. And there's a... Like, the whole video, like, Aaliyah is a root for me in and of herself. Because she was gorgeous and beautiful, but she dressed kind of like a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And something about that, I would always, like, even now, like, if I could dress a certain way, I would probably dress like that. Mm -hmm. um, and and then sometimes if you, like, look at stuff that I wear, you can see, like, that influence. And, like, I remember when I was, like, 17, I, like, wore my bangs, like, super, like, in front of my face. Hell like, she yeah. did. Not even, like, emo. Just, like, I called them the Aaliyah bangs. But there's a certain part in the video where like there's they're like dancing on this boat and the girls like bump their crotches together and like kind of like do they're not even grinding on each other but they do like they put their crotches together and like mush them together a little mm -hmm. bit and i just remember as a kid something in me went <laughs> and i was like that's a thing like women women do, do that, that? Okay. i know they have their clothes on but like 
could you expand? <laughs> Please expand. Can we, can we go further into that? And then I think not long after that, I remember I had this little like handheld thing called a Dear Diary. Mm-hmm. And it was this little handheld thing that you could like type little secret messages in, right? And there was like a locked side to it, but it was pretty easy to get into. And I remember typing in there, I had to be like 10 years old because uh, yeah, I was in fifth grade. I remember typing in there, I think I'm a lesbian. And then one of my friends who lived close by like a couple days later was coming over. So I hurried up and deleted it because I didn't want her to see that. And that happened. And then like maybe when I was 16, I remember watching an episode of this show called Cold Case. Where if you all want to have like your bisexual flag, just Mm -hmm. everyone knows that Tessa Thompson is the most like one of the most beautiful people to ever exist. But she was in an episode. Here's this treat for y'all. It was an episode of Cold Case where she, it was taking place, I can't tell you the year, but it was like, basically, I want to say like the 1940s maybe, or Mm -hmm. something like that, where like, not only was she a threat because she, like, in the show, she plays like a clearly butch, dapper dressing woman, Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, you, you're a girl, blah, 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 but she ends up falling for a white girl. So it's like, not only are you gay, you're falling for a white woman. Like you, you're, you're fucking around here. (laughs) But that episode was like my favorite episode of the show. And I couldn't tell my mom. I couldn't tell anybody because I was like, nobody's going to understand why this is. And I, even I, I was like, why do I like feel so connected to this episode? Mm -hmm. And why is this one, the one that's like the most sad to me? And then, you know, again, just pushed to the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, it's just a touching story. I like romance, whatever. Not thinking that it meant anything. And then as I got older and I remember this specific thing happened where I I work in a pretty woman dominated field and I had a crush on a coworker Mm -hmm. and I knew exactly when it happened. I knew, I knew it was a crush and I knew it was a pretty big crush. And before that, I had always like denied it like, Oh, I I like women, but I I would never date a woman. I, you know, would experiment with a woman, but I don't know if I could date a woman. Mm -hmm. This was completely different. I was like, she's funny. She's beautiful. If push came to shove, that shift in my life would be worth it if she gave me like the time of day, Mm -hmm. which is probably (laughs) the gayest thing I've said. Honestly, (laughs) if I went into like the depths of the story of how I knew I had a crush on her, that's actually a pretty gay story, but that'll be like, I don't know. That'll be an exclusive for when I'm drunk. Yes. That'll be on our Patreon. (laughs) I'm like, I've had enough people like when they hear this story be like, Oh, that is gay <laughs> y'all don't get that much information out of me you have to pay for that you know you can you know if you slide me five dollars i'll type it out to you because hey. it's a quick two sentence type thing but yeah and once i but once i knew that like yeah once i knew that that's what i was feeling and it was for her and i was willing to like let that kind of take over my brain and sit with it and be like you know you like this person mm-hmm. and you've probably felt this way before and you're just now able to like explore what that means because you feel safe enough to do it out loud and that happened in like the last three years where i was finally like sit with this for a second let this rest and i had to tell myself you're not as straight as you think you are Mm -hmm. and it's okay that's all right yeah i think you'll be okay Mm -hmm. it's always a it's a tough moment i feel like for a lot of people but in a good way if that makes sense like if it's a moment that you can come to by yourself, I yeah. think if it's something that you're able to like internalize and work through yourself, it's it's a good feeling. But if, if it's something that somebody else like pushes on you and mm. you don't really know how to like, then I think that is that can be difficult to mm. navigate. But I wouldn't know because I played it straight for so long that I was just like, yeah, no, this isn't this isn't a thing. And once I got older, I was like, this has probably always been a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming out stories, coming out to yourself, mm-hmm. coming out to other people. I am not out to my family. Neither am I. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Like, I didn't have a moment, really, where I knew I was bisexual. Mm-hmm. I just kind of always felt like I was. There's this meme going around that's like, you are a bisexual if you dress like a tomboy for the first 10 years of your life. And then now like, you're like ultra femme or something. Yeah, I think I saw that one. And I'm like, wow, called out. (laughs) I know. We should post the memes that, like, identify with our queer journey because mine is that one where it's like, 
this person's dressed up in almost fully like kink wear on a subway train and there's a little girl like this but the <laughs> caption is gay people living their lives me being obsessed with them because that couldn't possibly be me <laughs> and that was that was my like yeah that was me as like a child as a teenager like my favorite tv show was will and grace mm-hmm. but it couldn't possibly be because i like no. identify with the queer characters on there like, no. What? no you're crazy <laughs> Just just memes have, like, changed my life in this specific area. I'm like, you don't have to call me out well, that's, so damn hard. I know. That's like the other one where it's like, did you make your Barbies kiss or are you straight? And I'm like, uh, I made my, not only did my Barbies kiss, but there were, like, interwoven, like, love stories mm-hmm. where, like, they were all dating but didn't know that they were sneaking around with the same person. Ah, that, those were the nights. I mean, nights. <laughs> Sleep, I'm thinking sleepovers. I would do that like by myself, like in the middle of my bedroom. Just this doll is with this doll, but she's also with this Ken yes. doll. Like, yeah. Mind you, I had maybe two Ken dolls, so it's like they gotta hook up with each other mm-hmm. anyway. Like, my parents set me up for failure. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you didn't give me a good ratio to have everyone in here be hetero. So, yep. Some of them gotta, gotta go up with it. each other. This dinner party's not gonna seat itself. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Barbies, the gateway mm-hmm. to queerness. Yep. So, sexuality, struggles. Do we have any struggles currently? Me personally, I can't be out at work at all. Mm-hmm. I will get fired, most likely. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's just like that. Is that like across, do you think that's across your field or just at your specific? At like, my specific location. Yeah, like yeah. your pl- your specific place of work, they're mm-hmm. like, Absolutely not. It's very straight, white, sorority girl culture. Mm-hmm. It's very toxic. It's like, I can't even begin to describe how like not LGBT friendly it is. Mm. I remember you telling me there was a there was a specific thing that you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, that I got it immediately because I know what it is. But I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to be Sorry. so secretive about the job. It's just I don't want to get fired. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. Struggles. I mean, there's always going to be a little part of me that's, like, really insecure about a lot of parts of my identity. Um, as far as work, I don't know if the, the people I work for know but I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they have like a suspicion mm-hmm. because it's almost like like they know I do burlesque. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. And like I can talk to them about it. Like one time I had a performance in the pre-COVID times. I had a performance like after I got off work. So they all tried to get there early so I could be on time. Mm-hmm. That was not the case in my old job. Now mm-hmm. the job I had before that, no. And they probably would have made me choose if they found out what I was doing. And that would have been a really easy choice because I would have told them to go fuck themselves. I'll mention stuff, but I never mention a gender. I never, like I've mentioned the fact that I like went on dates and pre-covid times but i never mention a gender just so they don't like automatically and then they'll say certain things and then i have to remind them like yeah but like queer people exist and they're like yep you're right you're absolutely right like one specific thing is that i had a tarot reading and so and i should probably actually check in with her because like she said like hey i'm gonna check on you in november because i think something's happening and so I had told the people that I work for about that and the one of them was like, oh, I think you're going to be in a relationship. Like, <laughs> like they didn't automatically say, you're going to have a boyfriend. They were just like, I think it's a relationship. Non-specific. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Always appreciate That's it. what I want. I just want like a world where I don't have to like, I can just say it and then it doesn't even become a thing until you see the person that I'm with. But yeah, that's probably my biggest struggle and also not being out to my family, but knowing that like the way my family works is if one person knows, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, like, and it, it that's not necessarily true amongst, like, the younger generation. Like, I could probably tell my cousins and it would stay between us until I was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could not. It could be the thing where I tell my cousins and because they're worried about me, they tell one of their parents yeah. and then their parents, you know. And then once it reaches the elders in my family, it's like... We're all going to sit down or talk about it. So I don't have a hang up. Eventually I will have to Mm -hmm. because I'm at the point in my life where I remember when I first like started realizing that I was, I thought I was just going to have to move away and start over. And I'm starting to realize that like it, 
that is my choice if I choose to do that, but it won't change the fact that eventually they're going to find out. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things kind of like burlesque. Whoever you don't want to find out about it's it. going to find out. Will it. find out about it. Yep. So just it's better to for me, I think it would be better to just take charge of it and meet it head on and remind them that like this may make you uncomfortable, but I can't care about that. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, if you want to talk about uncomfortable, talk about someone who didn't even have the room to explore it and had to like beat it out of her brain because of my upbringing for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. That was long. That was long enough. Like, yeah. 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 I, I struggle with the family thing too. Like growing up in the South, you know, I think my parents would probably accept it, mm -hmm. but they live in such a, backwards ass culture that they would still have a lot of like really bad preconceived notions mm -hmm. like one memory I have specifically is I started dating a guy with earrings mm -hmm. and I brought him to meet my parents and my dad was like so are you going to be like some of these artsy bisexual people and I just stared at him like mm -hmm. seriously and he backtracked he's like not that I would care or anything and yeah I think he would care though yeah. I don't trust it. I mean, this is, yeah, I I, I have a memory kind of like that where uh, I was getting ready for a prom and my mom was like, really like kept asking me if I had a prom date. Mind you, I had went to prom the year before with a date. So it's not like I was missing out on any part of that experience. Like I did the whole date thing the year before. But I remember like every like, she would pick me up from school and almost every guy she saw me talking to she would be like oh well, does he have a prom date like i don't i i know what it was but we talked about it later in life but at the time i'm this 17 year old kid trying on dresses every other weekend like just mm -hmm. the last thing i cared about is if i had a guy on my arm i honestly was more concerned with like how i was gonna look in this dress mm -hmm. and i had like this specific way and all this stuff and I remember like my dad took me shopping and he was like, yeah. And we were like talking about prom and I don't know how we got on the subject, but he's like, yeah, your mom was like going through the motions and she mentioned, she's like, well, do you think like she doesn't want to go with somebody because she's a lesbian? I don't know why it upset me so, I mean, obviously I do now, but it upset me so bad that like that was her like. And I don't know, like, I don't know if this is what she meant by it, but I, I kind of like got really defensive. I was like, well, what did you say? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was just like, well, even if I was, what does she care? And I was, and I think I even eventually said to her, I'm like, I know it's your biggest fear that I'm just some flaming lesbian. <laughs> like, you know, defensive teenager. But so yeah, it was like that type of stuff where that would happen. And I would be like, even if that is a part of, I that's how deep it was for mm -hmm. me to not even lean towards that because I was like if there's even a suspicion it's not going to be met with an open conversation it's going to be me getting called out or me being told that this isn't the way of the bible and you know mm -hmm. you need to like go forth and procreate and that's your Oof. that's your job on this planet and it's like oh. and I still hear that that's the other problem with coming out to my family is that even as recently as like earlier this year like my dad and I were talking and he brought that up and I was I just went quiet because I'm like I don't even know how to explain this to you like yeah. that may not happen in the way you think it is like I can fully still have children like that's not it but if that's your hang up is that I'm supposed to do it in the biblical way I have some news for you bad news <laughs> like I don't know how to explain to you that like it's probably not going to happen that way but if you want grandchildren as bad as you say you do you're going to get over that Oh, parents. It, it's not always as easy as, like, well, cut them off or, mm -hmm. you know. Because it's, it's complicated because, like, they obviously have beliefs that aren't really, like, mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. But they're your parents. It, for, for, and I get that for some people, like, that's the easier thing to do. Mm -hmm. And some people don't have a choice. Some parents do it for them. Yeah. Some parents are like, well, get out. That you're not a part of my life anymore. Yeah. I, and that's hard. And, and my heart goes out to anyone that has to deal with that because I don't, I, me personally, I don't know what I would do in that situation. That no would, idea. that is, that is the worst scenario for me is that if, like, I, 
come out to my family and I try to live my life as as open and authentically as I can and they decide that I'm no longer the person that they have known all this time Mm -hmm. that's that's my fear with that and it's it's a real possibility I don't I don't think they would disown me to the point where I could never you know call them or anything but it you know I I know for a fact I can never take my partner around my family if my partner is not a cisgendered man I cannot take my partner around my family and how do you tell somebody I love you so much but this is my family and I can't choose between you two it's yeah yeah I don't I mean in that case if I was really in love with this person the choice would be obvious I'd be like I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna be where I'm comfortable and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable I don't want us to have to like hide this because it's not like I'm ashamed but at the same time that's telling my family like which a lot of like we don't have boundaries in my family. That's the other hard part is that like everything that happens is supposed to be this big open thing. And I would pro- I would be one of the first people that's like, no, if you're not going to respect who I'm with and you're, you're not going to no respect, details. you're not going to respect our relationship and you're going to make it all about you and your feelings, then no, we're not going to come around. Yeah. And just remember that I'm queer even when I have children whose lives you want to be a part of. I'm queer if I have like you know a life outside of this that you think you should be a part of like the way you treat me now determines the rest of the rest of our time together mm-hmm. um and that's you know and i'm i'm lucky because despite all this i do have a very loving family um and i know that i'm lucky and privileged about that but it's also like it's still difficult to navigate you can it have is. the most loving family in the world and there can be some pretty backwards ways of thinking yeah mm-hmm. i mean talk about complicated parent situations i basically pseudo cut my family off because Mm -hmm. of other stuff but on top of that i have to like navigate being bi being polyamorous and Mm -hmm. like i've only come out to one person and surprisingly you know our history has not been great but my mother is the only person that i've come out to as polyamorous Mm -hmm. haven't touched the bisexuality part yeah and she was just like Okay, yeah, I was polyamorous at one point, too. And I'm like, not the best reaction because it's implying it's a phase. But it went better than expected. Yeah. I thought I was going to be disowned forever. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I I mean, my friends know. And what's funny is that my friends, like, didn't react at all. They were all just like, okay. Like, cool. was, at first, it, like, after a while, it started to piss me off. I'm like, none of you are going to have, like, a big moment of, like, really well how do you know they were all just like all right cool. <laughs> like what the fuck i want my dramatic moment but no dramatic moment for that's you that's why we start a podcast yes <laughs> have our dramatic moments here yeah yeah speaking of polyamory do you want to talk about different things that you have with that because that's even more compounded <sighs> yeah uh, intersections well i guess i'll start with how i knew mm-hmm. so like in high school and middle school Honestly, I just thought I was a hypersexual person and mm-hmm. I was like struggling with that because that comes with some really negative connotations down south. Yeah. But I was just like crazy about people. And like every time I got into a relationship, I'd still be in love with this person, but then I'd see somebody else and I'm like, ooh, they're interesting. I think I love them too. And like, ah, shit, I can't be a cheater. Guess I have to break up with this other person. And one of the number one signs that you're polyamorous is you have problems thinking about cheating on somebody, even when you're like fully satisfied in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So I really internalized that I was just a bad person mm. for relationships. Cause like I, ke- it kept happening. I would always fall in love with somebody while I was in love with someone else. Mm-hmm. And it, Ended in a lot of relationship drama and a lot of problems until one moment I was just like, wait a second, that's a thing? Polyamory is a thing? What have I been doing to myself? (laughs) Like, why have I been torturing myself? I can have both. Mm -hmm. And that was an enlightening moment. Um, That's when I met my current partner. I was just like, ding. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I like two people and it's okay. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. no way in hell am I telling my family in the South, my slightly conservative family. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not so conservative that they would disown me or, like, try to send me to whatever institution to get fixed or whatever. Church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think it would go well mm. at the same time. Because, mm-hmm. like, they just say shit about gay people sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like they're prejudiced, but it's not like the dangerous, quote unquote, prejudice. It's just like. But it comes out when they're together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just like, ooh, I don't like that very much. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's something to be said that when you grow up in that environment, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and people think that they're just making, like, flippant comments and they're just making, and it doesn't affect anybody Mm -hmm. until it's, like, in their face. And it's like, yeah, I've grown up hearing the way that you talk about this group of people or this group of people. And when you all are together this is supposed to be our time to be like loving with each other, but we're, but you all are so hateful of this other thing that and you don't realize it's me. Right. That, that, that is that I'm struggling with. So mm-hmm. how do I tell you when I, when I've seen your darkest comments and I've heard them, how do I not internalize them about me? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it can't be, it's fine. Cause it's me, but it's not okay. Cause it's somebody else that somebody else could be the person that I'm with. Yeah. Or that somebody else could be like my friend or is my friend so yeah it yeah yeah it was yeah yeah i definitely internalized some like if you have multiple sexual partners you're a bad person Mm -hmm. and like with how much i dated it was just like flippant comments from my mom and dad like Mm -hmm. are you being safe and i'm like dude i'm 14 yeah like i'm not having sex i just like people Mm -hmm. and like being in relationships Ugh. It was hard enough to come out to one person. I'm not doing it with the rest of them. They can figure it out. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, yeah. I'll just invite all of my partners to one family <laughs> gathering one day and let them just try to suss out what's happening. She moved up to the north and now she's in all this Yankee shit. That's what they genuinely think, though. <laughs> They're just like, wow, you know, you that place is really... You've turned into one of them liberal liberal yankees and i'm like i've always been like this but okay sure blame blame the detroit area you know and see like even with like the whole like flippant comments and stuff like i've heard that growing up just with like bisexual people it was always seen as like you're just going through a phase Mm -hmm. or you're actually just gay, but you don't want to say that you're gay. Yeah. It's like a transition thing. Yeah. And for some people, like I will say that when I was younger, for some people that was the easier transition Mm -hmm. because I mean, I went to, I was in high school right around the time that it was becoming more mainstream. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it was becoming okay. And I'm not going to speak for anybody that I went to high school with, but I will say I know what I saw. And I know that it wasn't like the question of are you gay wasn't an open thing. It was if you say the wrong thing, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Yeah. And it wasn't even a living hell like you're going to get beat up. I can't like I said, I can't speak for anything that happened. But from what I saw, it was more like I'm going to ask you a bunch of really intrusive questions because I'm trying to get to something like I you you're you're my closest thing to it so you have to answer it like you have to do my curiosity because mm-hmm. I'm not going to go home and google it then my family will think that. Yeah. So it was still uh around the time where it was like yeah, it was more because it was more mainstream was because that's why people were starting to ask people like dude are you gay? Um or you know Oh, that's so gay. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, that was a big one like Oof. or my least favorite the no homo. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. I know no, I was I was definitely in high school at the at the height of that. Oof. So that's you know, that is all in my brain is like that's what I grew up in and now that I'm older I know that that was all just I mean it's one teenagers not having resources and people not willing to have like conversations with us of like, hey, you want to know about this? Find out on your own. It's Google not it. their job. It's not anybody's job to teach you. But especially, like, I went to a predominantly black high school. So then there's all this thing of, like, there's homophobia, like, rampant homophobia yeah. in the black community. But then there's also, like, rampant, like, biphobia in, like, the black community also. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a very large sector of, like, black women who are like, I'm not dating a bisexual man because you know he's just gay or he that just means he's on the dl and it's i'm not dating a gay person right and that's not the world that we live in Mm -mm. but people are still stuck on that to this day people are just like or you get like the other side where it's like 
the biphobia in the queer community where it's like, well, that's not really a thing. Mm -hmm. Or that just means you want to have multiple options. Like, it's not like you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're a sex addict. Yeah, or like, uh, or, oh, you just say that because you want to hook up with people. You're just experimenting and you're going to use people. And it's like, first of all, there's a word for that. Mm -hmm. They're bi-curious, heteroflexible, Mm -hmm. questioning. Like, all of those things are underneath the LGBTQIA umbrella. Yeah. So, instead of, so, that in turn makes it even harder because it's like well you know even if it is a phase i'm allowed to say what it is like and and for me it's not like i'm very aware that it's not it hasn't been for a while but like even if someone is just you know experimenting with their sexuality they don't know i think it's it's high time that we realize we live in a world where that's okay. It's okay to have phases. Yeah. More than it's okay. It's not really anybody's business except the person who's doing it and who they're sleeping with. Exactly. Like it's okay to have a phase where you question. It's okay Mm -hmm. to try different things and realize you don't like them or you do like them. Right. Or you, you know, just like, I think it's okay to identify as one thing and then not identify it. There are plenty mm-hmm. of people who just came out as gay and everybody was like, okay, you're gay. But then as soon as they try to say, well, maybe I'm not as gay as I think I was. I think I might be a little bit more bisexual or I might be more pansexual. Then their friends are like, no, you're just you're gay. You're just gay. You're and you're going to stay like that. And hope I hope I see that we're on the other side now where it's just like, you can just like who you like. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And yeah, that's one of the... Yeah, the big things with, like, bisexual versus pansexual yeah, is just, you know... That's a huge debate right now. Well, I mean, yeah, and there's... I mean, the one that I see the most is that, like, bisexual means that you are only attracted to men and women. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, growing up, that was kind of the, the thing. But that's also because we... That's the little bubble that they would give you in your high school health class. It's like, oh, bisexual means men and women. And now, like, from what I've seen is that it's... The one that I identify with is, like, bisexual means attraction to multiple. Pan means all. And the two don't mean each other. So, for me, it's like, I haven't experienced all genders, I don't think. And so... And... In my case, it's I can have different levels of attraction to different people at different times. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's usually leaning towards what I what I what I have grown to know exists to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only reason that I say bisexual versus pansexual. Also going to be petty. I like the bisexual flag better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> graphically very pleasing i like the colors better you know it's my three favorite colors pink blue and purple mm-hmm. so i'm like i this this works for me and my ah, yes. aesthetic yes yes it fits mm-hmm. me yes yeah i think my de- definition of a bisexual for me is just like i know i have a tendency towards men mm-hmm. or like masculine presenting people mm-hmm and I know that I have been attracted to people that aren't masculine presenting, but I don't know how common that is for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it affects my everyday life. Like, yeah. So for me, I'm like, I know I'm attracted to more than one gender. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if I'm attracted to all genders because like I haven't experienced that yet. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think I'm leaning towards Demi. Yeah. But it's just like, it's a big confusing gray area for me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's difficult because like for me, I'm I remember like pansexual, like when it first started coming out, everyone was like, Oh, that just means you're attracted to like, you know, it doesn't like th- it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And to me it truly doesn't. But at the same time, my attraction is usually based on someone who is just I think I've always told people this, like I'm attracted to people who are in charge of their like appeal, mm-hmm. who know that like, this is what I present to the world and you can take it or leave it. I just haven't, I don't know all. So I can't say that I'm just like, it doesn't matter because in, in actuality for me, like the attraction is there first yeah, and then comes the like, 
the mutual interest and all that stuff. Because I'm definitely, like you were saying, Demi, I lean more towards the fray, which is basically the opposite of Demi. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll be super physically attracted to somebody. And then once I get to know them, that kind of withers away. And I'm like, oh, wait, like, I, I, like that that initial like sexual attraction kind of turns into something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I, I mean, yeah, I have a lot of really beautiful, gorgeous friends, but I'm like, because we're friends, we're probably never going to have sex. Yep. Not going to happen. But this stranger that I just met two minutes ago, better get the business. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, sexuality is so like, it's fun to explore. It's confusing to explore and you don't have to have a correct answer. I don't have any of the answers. One of my favorite TikTokers, the one that I sent you, was like, it is not the proper time to listen to the mountain goats. (laughs) Um, They they have this one video where they say, like, some people want this gender, some people want that gender. I want all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Give me all. That's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I am. I'm like, just give me all of the, you know, I'll take all of it. Like, yeah. Present it to me and I will tell you if I want it or not. Mm-hmm. But present it in a nice, respectful way. Boom. Done. You know, I don't need any unwarranted messages. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Oh my God, I hate that. <laughs> like, I'm just in a phase right now in my personal life where I'm just not thinking about dating because yeah. I'm happy with my partner. But, like, life is complicated enough where I don't feel good bringing other people into it mm-hmm. and I'm just not focused on it and like I just don't like it when people like strongly come after me and like express interest it just it scares me away right now uh-huh. and like it it's happened like two times now and I'm just like fuck <laughs> go away <laughs> yeah no see and see that's the other thing is that I'm on the opposite but in a different way and like you can attest to this, I'll like aggressively flirt mm-hmm. right now. And if it leads somewhere, it does. But like for the most part, if I'm like aggressively flirting with somebody, it's because I know there's a mutual attraction there somewhere. Mm-hmm. It might not be like on the same level for both of us, but there's a mutual something there. Mm-hmm. So like I'll test the waters with like a cute little emoji here, something there, and then I'll like amp it up a little bit. And I'm fine with doing that. But like as far as yeah and even like dating i've like gone on like like, i've gone on one date let's say that i've gone on one date and it was fine it was great like just sat outside and it was fine but also i think part of my brain it was so hard to like turn off that part of my brain that's like where the fuck is this gonna go Mm -hmm. because it's a fucking pandemic and i'm not taking this mask off i am attracted to you but like what the fuck Mm -hmm. like what are we going to do here? And so that's where I am. I'm like, okay, but like I do all this flirting and if it leads somewhere where it's like, we're like going to see each other or something, what the fuck do you do then? Yeah. What's, what's the procedure here? Because I am not a person who's like, you know, people that can be like, oh, we can have this totally like non-sexual intimate first date. I don't like intimate stuff like that where it's mm-hmm. like, let's just stare into each other's eyes for like, Ooh. for like five minutes yeah, and, I can't do and, that. and just be silent and, and feel each other and I'm no. like no Mm-mm. not right now Mm-mm. I'm sorry you're dealing with someone who is very fucked up like I, I need an activity to do right I'm like can we go walk somewhere and just continue to talk mindlessly until maybe the build the moment builds up yeah you got like a jigsaw puzzle or something exactly like can we like build an Ikea set <laughs> I got a really good like, your date your ideal date is the ultimate relationship test yeah building Ikea see, furniture I mean that's maybe that's the Gemini in me because I'm on the cusp where I'm just like let's fucking like fight each other <laughs> like, let's, fight me let's do something where this could fall apart in a day <laughs> dude that is so Gemini because I'm like a hundred percent Gemini and mm-hmm. every person I end up having a crush on I pretend I just want to fight them for flirting that's my flirting yeah <laughs> like and- I could beat your ass and they're like ooh yeah. yeah and see like I I think I don't know what part of me maybe like the Leo is that like I'm the person who like I'll flirt and like hype you up all the time so like somebody will post like a stupid picture that's like this is me in my car and I'm like you look beautiful you gorgeous ray of sunshine <laughs> this just made my day and then it's like and then I get like the heart react and I'm like bitch I'm in there but yeah. then like god forbid like somebody like slide in my DMs and be like Sue do you want to like come sit in the car 
and do what? And what are we doing here? And what are, yeah, we can sit in the car and then we can go like play disc golf or something. <laughs> like, right. I need an activity. I can't like every time I've tried to do like the normal, just like we go to dinner um, and sit there and like try to make conversation. People want to talk about what happened in your life up until that moment. Eek. And I'm just like, no, there are like small little stories that I'm like, okay with telling. And then the big stuff, I'm like, yeah, I got an emotional wall up. You're not going to knock it down today. Maybe you're in a polyamorous relationship all the time. Cause it's like you, your trauma, the other person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is, yeah, it is That's literally like feel. me, my trauma, whatever the fuck I did that day. Mm-hmm. The fact that my job is so much of my personality that I don't know how to talk about anything else. Uh, mix all that in with the fact that I'm a fucking theater nerd. So people say, what do you care about? Theater. Stage set design. <laughs> I feel that so hard. I really like a good red curtain. <laughs> mm, those curtains. The grand balance is my favorite part. Yes. Like, mm, the lighting. That's Yeah. And so it's like, so what am I supposed to present to people? Like, yeah. And even like you mix in there like queer dating. It's like, mm. I have such bad luck with like queer dating and I think it's because I'm bi and like super femme presenting. I think they just think I'm, I don't know what they think about me, but I just don't have luck for the night maybe. Exactly. Like maybe I'm just a little bit promiscuous and trying to get it in or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Which no shame with that, but that's just not who I am. No. I, I mean, I can't imagine what people think, but I had to really like turn that part off because like for what? For what it's worth, I I realize that, like, part of me, like, coming out and being out with, like, within the burlesque community brought on, like, there's just people that you kind of get the feeling like, I think they have a crush on me. Mm-hmm. Which, for me, is a totally new feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to handle that at all. Because growing up, I was just, like, not the sought-after person for a myriad of reasons. But now to, like... But at that time, I was interesting. And I could have kept somebody's attention mm-hmm. before a bunch of shit happened in my life. Yeah. Now I'm, like, this crotchety old woman who's, like, why do you, why do you want to talk about my parents? You're never going to meet them. Just stop. Right. Or like, oh, so, you know, where'd you go to college? I fucking flunked out. Okay. You want to move on? You want to keep going, buddy? Just stop right there. Stop talking about things that are formative. Can we talk about anything else? You know what we can talk about? Uh, We can talk about candles. Yep. Candles. Love a good Bath and Body Works trip. Neutral topic. That's why, like, I think my perfect first date would be like, and okay, this is, again, exclusive content. My perfect first date, queer any date with me is queer because I'm a queer person. So, like, my perfect first date would be, like, we meet up, we go to Target, and we separate for an hour. (laughs) And we get, like, five things under $10 and we put them in a basket. Mm -hmm. And then when we meet up back in an hour, like, we say, like, why'd you pick this and all this stuff. And then... The one, like, whatever I like out of that person's basket, they have to buy for me. And whatever they like out of my basket, I buy for them. Mm -hmm. And then we, like, either go out and use it right away or we, like, go to dinner and talk about, like, what just happened. Mm -hmm. Like, something like that. I like that, yeah. Where it's, like, it's an activity, but also we don't have to, like, be up on each other the whole time. I'm not, like, I'm just not that way with strangers. Um, I just, you don't need to know all that information about me so soon, like... There's, I mean, there's this big part of me, and, like, you would think that I'm currently in therapy when I say this, but it's kind of not. It's just, like, sharing so much of yourself with somebody that may or may not work out is a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. So it's better for me, it's my form of self-care to, like, present myself in chunks. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, I know you're okay with the queer thing, so I'll tell you about this little tidbit. I know you're okay with the fact that I work a lot and I can't answer my phone all the time, so I'll tell you about this little tidbit. Um, And then it'll, and then once you stick around for at least six months, (laughs) it's like, it's terrible because I have like this window, but I'm like, when I know, I know, and I know when like I can, like, trust people. I'm the same way with friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't make friends super quickly because I'm, like, I can be, like, the happiest, peppiest person, like, on stage in a social setting. And then the minute you get me by myself, I'm, like... I think we relate on that level very hard. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm going to get on my phone now because I don't... Don't Don't talk to me. Don't approach me. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah, I always get told I'm intimidating. 
And I'm like, why? I'm not, like, staring at you like I'm going to beat you down or something. But I guess it's just, like you said, that emotional wall. Like, I don't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know all this about me. I don't know you. <laughs> I Yeah, I definitely for a while would just immediately be rude to some people because I'm like, I just didn't want people to think that I was accessible. Mm-hmm. Um and luckily that's changed. It's like, I don't mind talking to people, but there are certain avenues in which I'm a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable talking. Like I'm not comfortable having my personal business play out in a group. Yeah. I'm not comfortable necessarily like talking about that stuff in like an intimate setting. And dates are weird and stupid and awkward anyway. So yeah. it's like you go on this date, you have dinner and you're supposed to have this like lengthy conversation. And then it's like, well, we've hit a lull. So I guess we talk about about sun do you do do you want to talk about my shit do you want to talk about your shit can we turn it into a therapy session here it's like i mean we can talk about shit shit if you want to or we can find something else stupid to talk about yeah Yeah, it's but it's like you run out of small talk and then that's the problem is once that well of small talk runs out Mm -hmm. then it's like I don't know how to make my trauma charming. Yeah. Like, it's just not, I'm not there yet. I'm not at a place where I could just be like, well, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And then that led to this, like, and I think, and I know it's like one of those things where it's like, well, you don't have to bring that in with you, but it's like, mine is a part of me. It's part of you. Yeah. I don't get to shut it off and be like, well, that never happened. And now I'm just this totally happy person. It's like, no, it will follow me for the rest of my life. So whoever comes into that has to then, understand that like you don't have to take it on i'm not asking you to like fix this i'm not asking you to like pretend like you understand when you don't but i am asking you to understand that like this is a part of my life Mm -hmm. and while you may end up a big part of my life this will always be the thing that i go back to yeah i don't know why i can't like this will always be the thing that i fall back on is that everything in my life happens because of these incidents yep dating with trauma it's it's hard whether you're queer or not. Yeah. And it like in I feel like if you're dating in the queer scene there's even more added trauma because mm-hmm. like unfortunately we, we still live in a world where people get treated like shit because they're queer. Mhm. And like and you hear all of these things even though it doesn't personally happen to you, mm-hmm. you hear these stories and you wonder like could that be me? And especially like in the times we're living in now like we see who the president was for the last 4 years. So it's yeah. like that has ignited all of this anxiety and just walking around and being like can i be myself here i don't know what i'm walking into like if i have a queer partner can i even hold their hand in this city Mm. like i know for me like just being black was hard enough because it's like if i'm traveling like there are some places like i'm like i'm not going there by myself yeah or like there are certain like cities in this and i've lived here my whole life so you just kind of get to know like this city don't go by yourself and if you do do your business and go mm-hmm. like don't that's not some place you need to be like hanging around even if you have like someone there to protect you it's like not you don't just don't hang just around don't there. go there just don't yeah. hang around there you can you can go back to places where you feel safe and where you actually are safe um and i think yeah within and that spills into dating because it's like if you're on a first date with somebody and you both are unsure like what do you do like do you say you're on a date do you just say they're your friend like yeah and that's the problem is that's the other thing is that like dating can sometimes i at least i know like i would have to explain to somebody like look if this goes anywhere i don't want to think i don't want you to think like i'm forcing you back in the closet by like hiding from my family it's Mm -hmm. just i'm your safety is my number one concern Uh. So I don't want you to feel like you can't be who you are, but just know my family is not going to be okay with it. That That's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I had to have it with Tyler a while back when mm-hmm. I was still with multiple partners and he was like super upset by it, understandably. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, look, I, I want to be with you, but if I tell my parents about you, it's not going to not gonna go well and mm-hmm. i'd rather just avoid the discomfort and it's not that i'm hiding you yeah and i'm not ashamed of you no i'm just trying to protect you from the shit that is my family <laughs> right so it's like going through the world with all that and then you have to present yourself but like you want to date me though yeah i'll make it worth your while mm-hmm. it's like how yeah and that's yeah that's my issue also is like how do i present my this is gonna sound so fucking dark sorry y'all it's like, how do I present myself as, like, a worthy partner when I know I have all the shit that I have to, like, yeah. bring to them and say to them, like, you're going to 
have to be okay with this even if it means like burying yourself for a little while because it's like what i yeah uh. <laughs> queer dating and trauma mm-hmm. and you and the guy too one more <laughs> plus trauma <laughs> trauma is one of the more yes damn it <laughs> i am a polyamorous relationship in and of myself you have to date me and my trauma the combination pizza, pizza hut taco, taco bell. bell. Oh my gosh. I'm at the Kentaco hut of trauma. <laughs> Kentaco hut. <laughs> oh, now I want Kentaco hut. I just, yeah. I mean, I would totally be fine with KFC if they didn't get rid of the potato wedges, so now it's yeah. fuck them for life. Fuck, fuck KFC. You know, and that's why when, like, Taco Bell started getting rid of the cheesy Fiesta potatoes or whatever, I'm like, y'all should have saw this coming, because mm-hmm. KFC now has fries and not potato wedges. Stay woke, y'all. Just stay on it, Taco Bell. Come on. It's like, I mean, I don't eat at Taco Bell, but I'm like, I feel bad for those of you that do because I feel like this is a huge loss. But me, I've had my woes for a long time. Mm. I swear to you, with like food, it's always like I fall in love with like a limited edition or something. Same. And then they discontinue it. It's, it was like my favorite ice cream Haagen-Dazs doesn't make anymore. Oh. Um there was yeah i'm trying to think of something yeah there's just all these things that i like fall in love with oh treat dreams and their salted butterscotch ice cream that they don't they, have anymore they bring it back once a year yeah. and i have to i swear to you next year when they bring it back i'm just gonna buy it in bulk mm-hmm. and be like why are you you know why because you're not gonna bring this back and then one time i went and got a butter beer and the person was trying to be nice and they were like oh yeah it's got more of like the butterscotchy flavor i tell you i brought that shit home and it tasted just like verner's Oh, my God. But in ice cream form? No. That was bad. Yeah. And, I mean, the biggest one is McDonald's getting rid of the high C orange. I was like, this is one of the few things I love here. Like, this is my comfort is to eat a giant fry Mm -hmm. and nuggets and a high C orange. That's what I used to get when I was a kid. So that was, like, my comfort meal. And then I remember the last time I got it, she was like, you know, we're discontinuing this soon. I'm like. No, I didn't, but thanks for ruining my whole day. So I just have to come get McDonald's every day (laughs) until it's gone. What have you done to me? Yeah. Well, speaking of food, Mm -hmm. as our outro, what do you think the most bisexual dish is that you could cook? That I could cook? Bisexual dish. Or buy. Buying is acceptable, too. I'm trying to think. I'm going to go with the turducken. Turducken. Ooh, I like it. It's got layers. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely like, this isn't a turkey. It's got <laughs> shit in it. And it's like, yeah. Oh, also because a turducken implies that the chicken is the smallest part and men are the last part of the, the bisexual flag. <laughs> and as I said on National Coming Out Day, bisexual flag, but men are on thin fucking ice. <laughs> and that's how I feel about I'm like, I would kill a turkey. I love duck. Chicken is something that I eat so often and I'm so used to it. I'd be like, you can wait. <laughs> it's so it serves as a meal and a diagram that describes your yes. polyamory. It's or like your the turkey's the biggest part. And that is like right now my biggest attraction is to women, like mm-hmm. femmes, like whatever. And then the middle part is like the combination of two. It's like, yeah, sometimes like after I watch like Black Panther or Hamilton, I'm like, but both. Mm-hmm. But both. Especially, yeah, and then the chicken is like, chicken. like the little bitty chicken is like oh, fine, fine, sure. You're you're nourishing sometimes, I guess. I mean, I guess you do good things or whatever. Fine. I did have a moment of like clarity today where I was like, you can tell. I'm like sometimes. So I have like the intersecting personalities. I'm from the Midwest and I'm queer, right? And most of the time, those like fight with each other. Mm-hmm. So like. I was like, yeah, there'll be times where I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of Michigan right now. I can't fucking live here anymore. And also with the queer thing, I'm like, and I fucking can't stand men. I think I'm just gay. I'm not even attracted to men anymore. Who the fuck put me through this? Blah, blah, blah. And then I fucking see any guy wearing like a puffer coat with like a fur fur hood or my personal favorite if they're wearing like a hooded sweatshirt underneath a denim jacket or Mm -hmm. underneath a puffer vest and they're like walking really fast because it's cold and I'm just like god damn it fuck (laughs) well just put me in a house make me make a pot roast and call me by my full government name because I'm gonna be a suburban housewife (laughs) 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 I think that's the perfect way to end. (laughs) 
well, what's your bisexual polyamorous meal? You, I, I have an answer for you, but what's your answer? I would say either lemon bars or any dip that can be shared with multiple people. Oh, that's right, the dip. Yeah. Yes. See, I was going to say the charcuterie board was yes. the one that was on the internet with, like, gummy worms and drugs and Exactly. And, There's got to be raisins. drugs involved somewhere. Every polyamorous relationship has board games, some type of substance use, mm-hmm. and junk food. Because, like, where else are you going to buy a meal for four people? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, charcuterie boards and turduckins. Yes. Yep. The ultimate queer meals mm-hmm. for, for you us, to at enjoy. least. If you have a queer meal, you should send it to us. Just yes. Say, like, what's your ultimate, like, ah, yes, this this entire, this meal is what represents either my gender identity or my sexuality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Send us your meals on we our social media. Sometimes with other queer people. Sometimes. When we're able to... Not at this time. Not at this time. We're not accepting meals at this time. Nope. Wear a mask and stay away from me. (laughs) Well, this has been Dish of the Day. I'm Delta Van Dam. I'm Eartha Kitten. And thank you for spending your evening with us. I'm sure you're hungry, so go grab something to eat. If you would like to get in contact with Dish of the Day, you can check us out on Instagram. Dish of the Day podcast. Or leave us a voicemail on speakpipe.com forward slash Dish of the Day podcast. You can also send us an email at Dish of the Day podcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.